Welcome to the Talk and Shed Podcast with your host, Adam Finney, where we talk all things farm equipment. Tune in as we interview farmers, industry leaders, and talk about our own dealership story. Follow along as we talk about topics like cover crops, nutrient placement, and things that make your farm and every farm across the country different. You're listening to the Talk and Shed Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. Well, guys, we're back again. Uh, it's been a while since we've recorded a podcast. Yeah, just a minute. Just <clears throat> but a minute. That's today, for sure. we're up here at the Nova store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been up here for a while. Today yeah. is July 21st, and uh, it's not too hot today. But why don't we go around here quick? We've got some people to introduce here. Of course, mm-hmm. we've got Cody. Yep. Mm-hmm. Seth. Yep. Corbin. Hello. Corbin Riggenbaugh. Correct. Okay. And Corbin's going to be kind of the center of our episode here today. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll get to uh, Corbin's background and really dive in, but you can probably tell by the title of the podcast that uh, Corbin is uh, the newest employee here at Fennig Equipment. So Cody and I kind of traveled up here today to uh, not only meet Corbin, but uh, introduce him on the podcast and, and get everyone familiar with him mm-hmm. um so corbin what uh you know what's your background where you come from and uh what what are you up to today very good okay i'm uh i live in sterling ohio which is wayne county and uh been in that area all my life and uh been in the farm machinery business for 25 years or so uh selling Trackers, combines, tillage uh, to a lot of the local farms, and just looking forward to the, my next journey here. So sweet. Uh, there was, uh, you know, a, a lot of farmers are are you know always looking for more, and with Fennec equipment, we branch out a lot. Mm-hmm. And when we can add a salesman who can go on the road and and spread the word on what we're doing. Um, that's that's real exciting. So, you know, at Fennec Equipment, we do a lot of attachments and stuff. What were you selling? What kind of machinery were you selling where you were? So we had the white planters as far as that goes, uh, and also um, tillage would have been more sunflower uh, type of more of your traditional tillage. We in my immediate area I have a lot of dairies that have their own challenges of cover crops that they harvest and then planting back into that and some things like that so I'm looking real forward to being able to help out with those <clears throat> needs that's awesome there's a obviously a wide variety of things that we carry here and we're excited to have you on board and uh, I think there's a lot of fun stuff ahead uh, we'll dive deep into Corbin's background and everything. Um, Seth, we're up here at Nova. What's new up here? Uh, yeah, it's been busy. Uh, t- the tillage side of the business has been phenomenal. Yes. Uh, and parts as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, as far as new, a uh, little bit of a slowdown here. It's been getting back on the road, getting in front of farmers. Uh, you know, just began to talk about uh, fall already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, trying to figure out guys have been demoing to maybe making some changes we're talking you know residue management right so that's been a lot of the conversation here lately Um, sure um you know weather played a a big part in in everything early on in the season you know we had uh a lot of rain early then it cut off dry the end of june we had pineapple corn and we've had some rain come through that saved everyone how how has that changed things? I mean, you got nine tenths up here last night. Yeah, nine tenths last night, inch and a half on Sunday, uh, and well, things were a lot of things were at dire, right? You know, so it has changed everyone's attitude, right? And uh, yeah, so moving forward, and I think the forecast now, I think we're still going to get a few more rains as we need them. Uh, so definitely a game changer. Yeah, you know back home we had guys at side rest time 
you know, we run that triple threat fertilizer system. There were some guys that, because the corn wasn't tall enough yet and it was so hot and dry, they were considering maybe not using or maybe not putting fertilizer on top of the ground. It was so dry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the corn has changed so much. I mean, we were up on 30, and about the time we turned on a 98 yeah. heading north, I thought, holy cow, look at this. Yeah, and, and this stuff and, looked really good. And it's been pretty strong. Mm-hmm. It, it's good back home, but it's pretty uneven, and, and you've got a lot of that. But, yeah, the time of year that we're in now is kind of in limbo. You know, there's areas where there's guys leaning to the side of, well, you know, my corn crop's not going to be there. Then there's guys kind of pushing forward on the throttle saying, oh, there it is. We need to do that trade. I need that Salford now. And uh, how soon can you get it to me? So it right now is a, a great time to not only regroup as a company, but, uh, you know, forward uh, sell things that we have in stock because we all know what lead times are on, on some of this stuff. Seth, you've sold some new tillage recently. Walk us through how that stuff went and, and what those guys were, were basing their needs off of. Yeah, so it, you know, a lot of this, you know, I've been working with these guys for three, four, five years. Uh, demos. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, these guys are doing a little bit of everything. You know, they're strip-till, they're conventional, they're no-till, a lot of it. But uh, the need for managing stalks in the fall and or spring, and and just like this year, uh, a wet spring, we've got going late. A lot of this comes from getting out demo and, and proving the tool to them as we did those demos, airing out the, the soil. Or, you know, once again, it got where we had that thick crust, wet underneath. Uh, go out and run these tools, prove that, and, and that's where a lot of this now uh, has come from. Mm-hmm. And also the fact of knowing it's going to be 25 to 34 weeks till you can get one. Right. You know, they're like, oh, I better take this now. Right. I'm not going to get this. <clears throat> Prices are only going to go up. It, so that's part of it as well. So, uh, do you, How much of it do you think is because of you know, you've been selling Salfords in this area for a long time. Fenny Equipment's now in Nova. We've been here now for I don't even know how long. A couple uh, years? A few years? Yeah, actually, we've been in this building for a year now. Yeah. Uh, I've been in the area of Fenny Equipment for three and a half. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of that is relationship-based, too. You know, <laughs> I started a lot of these relationships back in 2012. Right and carried mm-hmm. them along to to now, and sure. uh, so that does play a, a big part in it. Uh, yeah, we're, we're starting to get quite a few serial numbers out there across the country, <clears throat> and I remember when we first started selling Salford. I mean, I'm talking, you know, 2010 range probably. Um, you know, it, it was there were people who didn't even know what Salford was. And you had to explain a lot of things about the tool to them. And today, I have guys calling, I want a 2200, or I want a 1200, or my neighbor has this. It's, it, it's something to be reckoned with today. And it's amazing how it's made that evolution. It's always been the underdog. You know, we're, we're pricing against that 2660, or the new Terramax, or whatever it is. And every tool has their spot. We're not going to say that it doesn't. But... Today, we're a familiar face in the market, and it, it's a good feeling. That's, mm-hmm. Absolutely, it is. And uh, then just back to uh, you know what you were saying there again, you know, and you look in the area. I think you guys have been out here with me. All the old five seventies mm-hmm. that were out here, you know, but that all come from explaining what the tool is doing. Because right. a lot of times you can't see what it's doing. You don't see what it's doing below the surface. Right. You see what it's doing at that top two or three. It just explain it. How is it going to help the mm-hmm. customer? What is it doing to the ground? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I think we've educated a lot of people, you know, along with ourselves. It's been a long time, you know, to, to make it almost a household name now, at yeah. least in this area. Yeah. 
Yeah, Southward's been big with us lately, and we'll dive in in a little bit into like uh, the VRT, what we feel of that tool and stuff like that. But uh, Cody, you've sold some uh, applicators recently. Why don't yeah. you walk us through, you know, what you're seeing and <clears throat> and how those applicators even came about because they weren't just down the road. No, yeah. So I sold two 60-foot J&Ms up in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. And uh, he had, so last year he bought, he bought two Devastators off of me. Or act, no, he actually bought three Devastators off of me. And this guy farms probably about 10,000 acres. And he called me up the one day, he's like, hey, uh, you guys sell applicators? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, what do you sell? And I was like, well, we sell the J&Ms, they're fast. And he's like, well, I, he, he evidently had a bad taste in his mouth for fast at one point in time. And he's like, well, what about those J&Ms? He's like, I got J&M grain carts. You know, I know the quality's there. They build good stuff, you know. What, give me a price on one of them. I was like, well, I was like, okay. And I was like, you know, I was like, well, are you trading anything in? And he goes, yeah, I got two on the first set I want to trade in that he bought like back in 2016 and so he's just basically upgrading right now one with injectors and one with knives um, right now it's kind of one of those deals to where we're looking at lead times like what Seth mentioned as far as on tillage and luckily enough for us you know we've already put our spots in for builds at J&M because the cutoff date for builds at J&M are done so I think they were out in like two and a half weeks or something along those lines. And uh, he was like, well, he's like, I, I can't, he, and he was pricing me out and stuff like that. And I understand that and, you know, more power to him. But yeah, it basically all started from devastators that I sold him back from last year. And he turned and was like, hey, you guys know what you're doing as far as fertilizer application side of things. What do you think you can do for me? And I was like, okay. And, He's actually looking at a uh, Magnus Spread Plus now that he wants me to uh, price him out. So we're working on that as well. So. Sweet. Mm-hmm. The, uh, um, you know, it, it's amazing how the small sales, the, the closing wheels that we sold three years ago turn into a new Salford. And it's amazing how guys in Michigan have an eye on what we're doing the application world has became such a big part of what we're doing you know not only on bbi spreaders but mainly in the liquid world really i mean we're selling a ton of the jm applicators i think we ordered i don't know a couple eight. i think uh, we ordered eight ones. yeah you know i think we're creeping up on 20 or so total that yeah. we have ordered for for 23 and uh that that's huge i mean and uh you know as as Corbin sees with the business and as we go, inventory is is big for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't have it, how how can you be in the game? Yeah. And both the tool set that you sold recently somehow happened to be in inventory. Or on their way to inventory. <laughs> right. Or or on their way to yeah. inventory. Yeah. Um so so that's great. Um, you know, following through meeting new customers no matter what state they're from yeah is going to build that pocketbook mm-hmm. of contacts and pretty soon as everyone here knows it's going to lead to good relationships and good sales down the road but you know talking about the JM applicators um you know we had a phenomenal season with them last year we sold i, I don't even know um 15 20 Probably. of them yeah and before their ordering window even opened up, we were ready to commit. And so I just sent over an email. I said, I want to order these. And they said, well, we haven't even opened up our ordering window. I said, well, just save it for when you do and put it in. And about 10 days later, they sent the confirmation email back and, and today they're sold out. Yeah. They were sold out in about 10 days. Mm-hmm. And they sold twice as many applicators as they did the year before. Yeah. Well, so, <clears throat> unbelievable and and we're just fortunate you know i can't imagine being a dealer sitting on their hands have a customer come to them in february hey i need an applicator there there's not a chance where you been yeah you know you know last year i think i sold three applicators to other dealers Mm -hmm. you know so 
our business being that we stay on the cutting edge of inventory uh we supply a lot of dealers with product you know whether it's it's up here you've got a few seth or just random dealers i had cmb operations out of minnesota a big john deere dealer called me yesterday on a wide drop toolbar he sold a brand new haggy and his customer needs toolbar so you know we we supply that and we get that demand from the inventory Mm -hmm. yeah we do it quite a bit that on the park side here right you know with other dealers uh, you know from yetter or or anything we carry you know Mm -hmm. they might not have it need it right away and uh out of the nova location we have quite a bit of that going on right right um as far as um you know overall i would say crops in ohio look pretty pretty strong i mean i'm not going to say we're going to set records or anything but there's not a whole lot to be complaining about right now in ohio now i know there's some pockets that got extreme moisture Mm -hmm. marion got some crazy inches weeks ago Um, but overall things look good double double crop beans look yeah. like they actually are going to have some moisture now too yeah guys that were able to plant some of those double crop beans there you know in that end of june beginning of july time frame well they got seven inches of rain in july well yeah they're going to have a good start on the bean on the double crop beans there so that's good news for them and in general i mean you know it's not going to be a great year like last year was but it's going to be a good year at least right you know there will be crops to harvest there will be uh grain carts chasing combines yeah Yeah. like always for sure um the uh i was talking with a customer just the other day and i've talked to a ton of guys recently about uh uh fungicide pressure on corn and this farmer was down southeast ohio and they, they had scouted their fields several times and saw zero pressure. And then all this rain came and they went and scouted again. Still not much pressure, but they went ahead and pulled the trigger. They feel the tar spots coming now with this last uh, break of moisture. And so I think we're gonna start seeing the fungicide applications picking up here mm-hmm. in the next two weeks. But it's always a good sign when farmers are making that pass because when they make that pass they believe in their crop and they believe the yields there yeah so that's a good sign in my opinion when you're seeing the planes flying on fungicide yeah because i talked to many guys that four weeks ago that it was done they, they weren't even going to think about dropping another well we talked to a guy this morning and just for application you were 30 dollars an acre yeah. with a helicopter so but that's great you know i think we'll be will be good and uh and harvest is not far away as crazy as that sounds we're basically looking at august one today yeah i mean you know monday is the 25th so i'd I'd call july pretty well over Mm -hmm. so um corbin you and i spoke about it earlier before the podcast but let's talk about exactly where you're from in ohio what kind of farmland that is like you know where we're at cold water it's a bunch of farmers smaller farms and then in between in center central ohio you get the big farmers and then kind of over here in nova again you kind of shrink a little bit much like cold water what's it like where you're at that's a good question so we do have a lot of uh dairies in wayne county and a lot of those are family dairies that could be anywhere from 100 cows to several hundred um we do have some grain mark uh grain farms there too some other livestock some hogs some chickens uh but for the main part there are a lot of smaller farms there but as we go out a little bit from there there's larger larger farms that are uh mainly grain corn soybeans quite a bit of hay in the area too but nice so wayne county you're talking uh dairy country big yep. time right yep. yep and you're talking worcester ohio correct right am yep. i saying that right worcester yep. or worcester it's worcester yeah <laughs> yeah yep that, that's always the joke that i get yeah um yeah it's a beautiful part of the of the state of ohio up there in northeast ohio um 
and uh, we have a lot of customers up there too. There's plenty of ag, and I'm sure you probably kind of slip into Pennsylvania maybe. How far are you from Pennsylvania? Uh, I'd be in Pennsylvania in a little over an hour maybe, something okay. like that. So, so not too yeah. bad, nope. but a little further than right. what I thought. Got uh, Cleveland and Akron kind of in that area. Sure. So, Good, good. Um, you know, technically right now you're kind of a little bit on the outside looking in as when it comes to fending equipment what we're doing you're 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 uh you're the new guy on the block per se what from, from your seat in the ballpark what do you feel looks different and and what do you feel is uh, what what's different what do you you know whether it's the inventory or or uh you know what do you feel is is different from from some other dealerships so i'd say as far as with fending equipment what i see is the the family run business and being able to adapt to different situations and to be willing to focus on smaller um changes a guy might want to make in his uh, instead of like completely changing planners maybe adapt the planner to the needs he has uh working working through things that way also uh, uh, the, the Salford has been in the area I know it's been in the area I've heard about it I've seen it uh, I felt the pressure from it but as far as that uh, I'm happy to be able to offer that too so good. just a different tool good um, what uh, what products are you most excited about as far as things that you feel are, are really coming on hard you know of course we do closing wheels and all the planner attachments but you know seeing the lineup and, and in your line of work you see a different side of the customer probably than what we do uh, what do you what do you think is just like man that that right there is going to grow so I would say that we're looking a lot at the um, probably with the manure that we have in the area and the cover crops that are harvested for silages and stuff, I'd say the, the Salford's going to remain strong and as far as uh, different attachments and I'm getting a lot of interest in strip till and uh, just kind of maybe once again with the cover crop getting those rye root balls out of the way and mm -hmm. some things like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I think in, in Corbin's area, those dairies, uh, manure incorporation, uh, that's where I'm excited to work with Corbin and uh, get the the Salford VRT in that area. Yeah, sure. VRT uh, Halo. I think that'll be uh, a game changer mm -hmm. for a lot of those operations. You know, yep. one tool that can do all of multiple jobs. Yep. Um, the versatility be, of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. Too. First yeah. of all, we got to quit selling them all before they come in. Yeah, that ain't no kidding. <laughs> Maybe do a demo. That's not the problem. We need to get Gunkelman out at the factory to help them build them. There you yeah. go. That they can no build kidding. them faster. Yeah. You think that would help? Well, I doubt no. it. No, I know would get done. No. Yeah, so, yeah, I think, uh, you hey. know, especially, I think, too, it's a little tougher to some places get around Wayne County. And there are a lot of narrow roads, and things are kind of spaced out to where, you know, you take this VRT, it's narrow transport. Yeah, you know, that, is a big, that is a big concern yeah. in the area with a more population, uh, but as far as a lot of narrow back roads. Mm -hmm. You guys got quite a few hill, quite a few hills in that area too, Yeah, right? it's a little, little different terrain as yeah. far as uh, probably more more hills than what you're used to. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty flat over <laughs> our way. Yeah, what we would call a hill most guys would laugh at. Right. Yeah. But... Um, you know, you brought up the VRT, we might as well go down that rabbit hole. Um, you know, it's a product that if we, re we rewind back to last fall, Gunkman was pumping us up about it, like most territory managers would. And, uh, you know, uh, we were all, you know, okay, you know, we'll see how it does. And uh, I said, well, it, it, it looks good in the fall, but I think that's easy to do. I think a lot of tools look good in the fall. I said, let's run it in spring and see what we get. That'll be the true test. And my very first experience was up in Michigan. We did that field day up there. And granted, it was insane. I mean, it was fluffy dirt, but we were on 280 bushel corn under pivots, a lot of trash. And I, I was blown away that day. 
uh, I was very impressed but I wanted to get it down back into some clay soils brought it back around us and uh, did some demos locally chased it around and here now today uh, we've sold three of them yeah and it, it and definitely took some strides yeah for sure I, I think two of the three that we sold kind of went out on a demo and just never left yeah I mean what that tool can do is unbelievable I mean what do you think oh I agree yo uh, two degrees to 15 so you want to be aggressive you you got some tire tracks or ruts trash uh, you go knock it out and if you need to need to make a finishing pass you bring it back to four two uh, shallow it up a yeah, little bit shallow yeah. it up it saves a guy from having to hey Cody bring that tractor and field cultivator yeah. or finish you know we go, go and hook that thing and go get this yeah, yeah. we go with one tool to do multiple jobs mm -hmm. uh, cut down on another tractor operator coming to follow me yeah or time hooking and unhooking I it's gonna be a game changer yeah all the way around well and I think we touched on it already a little bit but the narrow transport on that thing I'm I believe narrow transport it's at 12 feet like is that right? Ten and a half or eleven. Ten and a half or eleven. Yeah, it's a That's very awesome. narrow transport yeah. tool. Yeah, maybe eleven. So, and all of the Halo series is like that. Even, even in the HSD, yeah, the HSD, the Halo Airway, all of those are that narrow transport. And yeah, the way that that thing is able to not move very much dirt, and then you go and you can go from one extreme to the other. It's, it's unreal. I expect Corbin to sell five or six. Nice. Sounds great. There we go. I did see the video you had done on it, and looking across the field there, at times it looked like you had taken a different tool through there, and you explained it was just some different settings you did, and it mm -hmm. was amazing how much some of it you were burying 90% of the trash. And, right. And, uh, you know, others you were leaving more trash on top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool demo because we had <clears throat> probably a dozen farmers in the field watching and Dave was with them. I was in the tractor with the operator and I was on the phone with Dave and he would say, okay, what do you guys want to see? And they'd say, well, let, let's uh, let's see it go more aggressive. I'd, I'd push the button, gangs would change, we'd spin around. What do you want to see now? Well, what about them baskets? Make Put a little more pressure on them. All right, let's do it. And I mean, we never stopped the tractor mm -hmm. when we made, uh, now granted, when we're making depth changes, we do have to get out. but. All the other changes was made on the fly, and it, it's amazing. The the last one I sold was a 30-footer there in Bell Fountain, Ohio, and uh, they were running a horse joker, and uh, they had some sow fertilage tools already, and uh, I wanted to run, I wanted to put it up against the horse joker. Just you know, that's a tool that that's it's a good tool, great mm -hmm. tool, yeah. and I wanted to just put them apples to apples, and so did they and uh they were planting late they were so wet they were on the verge of prevent plant i mean i think we're talking we're probably mid-june here and uh we were actually working up corn um and then they were going to replant and what we were doing and in the same field we were running and uh that 30 foot brt stayed right there so they, they own that tool today mm -hmm. and uh so you know that thing is is unbelievable how you know, it's got the best of both worlds. It's independent blades, but it's on those modules so that it can adjust. It's got the joystick that 30-footer did. That joystick was pretty cool, um, being able to run that. And then the 20-footer I sold was to a farmer just east of Columbus, and their issue that they were looking to solve was they did not have much time at all. They, they run a, a big uh, business outside of farming, and then when it comes time to farm, they got to go and they got to go now. They were tired of hooking up to this tool and then this tool and then the planter. They wanted something they could hook up to and go and plant so that they could get back to, to work. And uh, so we demoed them the VRT and it, it fit what they wanted to do. It, it did this, it did that, and it did in between. And that's what that thing was made to do. And uh, yeah, I would, uh, 
yeah i don't know how many more we have on order i think three yeah we got three of them i believe we got a 20 footer and two 30 footers we have a 35 we have a 30 so we got a 20 a 30 and a 35 on order yes those are all coming to nova then well (laughs) i'll have to check on that yeah we'll see we'll see uh, can you explain what all is on that joystick then and what all that does yeah so you know the only tricky part is making sure like on a 20 footer let's say that the guy has enough hydraulic remotes um i think uh four you need maybe five five yes that sounds right and so what the joystick does is it narrows that down to like three three two or three three basically on the joystick you've got multiple control functions so your your wing down pressure is locked in on the joystick your uh baskets are on the joystick and then your pitch is on the joystick so very good a guy can sit there when he's running instead of trying to figure out which lever it's labeled on the joystick and that joystick can be mounted in the cab and it's it's pretty handy yeah because i'm pretty sure the bigger you go to i think it jumps from five to six that you need in order to run that tool yeah so yeah that's the that's the biggest hiccup with that tool but you can also get that joystick and eliminate that problem as well yeah it it solves it yeah but yeah it's it's pretty cool um and i think once a guy gets used to running the joystick he really enjoys it Mm -hmm. It, it's just a it's an easy you could call it fun kind of cool way to run a tool and it gives you a lot of control yeah um we uh i know we touched on the gangs there a little bit i don't necessarily want to call them gangs modules modules yeah um but uh the blades that are on there we didn't really touch on those at all so those are kind of like a they almost look like a uh, 25 wave blade that you would throw on a um like on a 28 applicator colder and but they're cupped a little bit so they're not super aggressive but they're also aggressive enough so it's kind of like a hybrid blade mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet and i believe those are 22 inches is that right boy i, I can tell you i, I, I think, should know this i but think I they are i know they're five bolt they, i know that they i've never seen a blade like them huh. i know that no yeah they're different they're they're notched they're cupped they're fluted i mm-hmm. mean it they they get ran through the mill yeah know, for sure but um you know double baskets standard at least the way we order them um I, I don't know i can't say enough about that tool and we had so many guys that i wish we could have got to and demoed um and we just didn't get there between the wet spring and whatever but we will have one running at the farm science review um we we will have more coming i don't know i think it's january now yeah but you know it's it's something to keep your eye on if, if you're if you you know if you're tired of having a fuel cultivator a vt tool a you know a mulch finisher maybe i mean this tool is all in one i mean I, i'm not going to tell you that you, you can go sell your 875 ripper but you know anything that is designed to do six inch tillage or less the VRT is going to replace it. Yeah. No question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, you know, even those narrower 20-foot tools, you can go 12 mile an hour. Yeah. You know, you're still going to eat some acres with yeah. that thing. You can you can haul with yeah. those things. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got the huge tires, and, so road And transport. honestly, with those tools, the more speed, the better that thing works anyway. So, if you can pull it 10, 12 mile an hour, do it, because that's what those things like. Right. So, yeah, yeah. What's the horsepower requirement per foot about? Or I know it depends on how deep and all that. So but ten to eighteen horsepower per foot, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on how aggressive. Right. Yep. yep. The thirty footer I sold, we were pulling it with a four twenty, mm-hmm. and in the field we were in, his main goal was just to rip out the the corn that was there. He, he was replanting corn, so of course there was, you know, 15,000 population probably there, and he just wanted to rip that out. So we were probably medium aggressiveness and running maybe three inches deep, and the 420 was pretty well playing with it. I mean, 
but then just for the heck of it we kicked it up and we buried the tool and went aggressive and the 420 couldn't go over eight miles an hour so and then the 20 footer i sold i think they had a mid threes tractor on that one so good yeah so i mean they can take some serious horsepower if you know if you're looking to get aggressive or something like that but you know it's uh but when 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 you have a tool that does what that thing does it's going to take some ponies Mm -hmm. so yeah i think on a 35 footer if you want to run it in the most aggressive spot i think they say like 600 horse yeah to pull it at x mile an hour out remember what the x amount amount mile per hour was but yeah yeah they recommended 600 so yep yeah um you know we're we're kind of in the heart of cover crop season right now yeah you've been getting some calls on them seth yeah lots of calls on cover crop cedars uh got a few of them sold need to get delivered uh, mm-hmm. but i would say we're we're probably getting three four phone calls a week oh at yeah. least i am so i'm sure yeah. everybody else is mm-hmm. right uh, the nice thing is we have them in stock right and uh mount them on anything mm-hmm. pretty much yeah so uh, but yeah i see that we're going to get quite a few sold here again yeah uh, we uh well we just shipped out the one that you sold with the 60 foot boom well that's what i was gonna say what about that one tell us about that project yeah so it was dealing with a uh, soil and water out of wisconsin Mm -hmm. and they were looking for a cedar uh you know the customers can rent go in crop uh you know and, uh, and apply uh actually happened to see pictures of the one that we had at Louisville Farm Show, so mm-hmm. a three-point mount uh, Valmar 6056 with a 60-foot hydraulic boom. Uh, so uh, that's what we put together for them, and yeah, that should be up there Friday, tomorrow, Monday, or so- at some Sometime. point. But yeah, so it's going to be be their rental machine mm-hmm. up there. Uh, we did make it ground drive because yep. not everybody would be able to run ISO, mm-hmm. so we did that. Uh, so. The, sounds like everyone up there is very excited you know to get this and to get rolling with it yeah absolutely yeah that that's kind of a specialty product that mm-hmm. we kind of designed and fabricated the yep. guys in the shop we took a, a spray boom from uh Unverfirth and we put uh, the hoses and the drops on it every 30 inches and that's a sweet deal we've sold a few of them now yeah i actually uh just sold one as well actually i didn't realize that you had that one sold so Uh, i actually sold that (laughs) not knowing that you already had it sold but uh he's still moving on with it and moving forward with it so that one's still sold so boys in the shop right now are building another frame for it um i got the boom ordered and He's going ISO. He lives in Van Buren. So he is actually an organic farmer and he's on 30 inch bean centers right now. And so what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to go in and tiptoe in his standing beans and plant cover crop before he harvests his beans. So he's hoping to get at least, you know, some good growth before he goes in and harvests his beans. Yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff is on fire right now. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I know I got multiple cedars that guys are hot on. I got a, a couple of guys. I got a guy in New York. I got another guy in Illinois. I mean, we're getting phone calls from all over the place. Yeah, I actually have our, our 246 boom machine out on rental at mm-hmm. a fairly large dairy in the area. They were putting in a bunch of new hay seeds. Um, Sweet. And I need, to, I need to get with him the price. And he actually wants a 245. But, you know, had the 246, 60-foot mm-hmm. booms, four-section yep. control. Yep. Uh, and I've rented it to a couple of big hay producers for overseeding. Yeah. And uh, it, they all report back to me. They, they love the machine. Right. You know, it's great. So uh, I can see getting a few of those sold in yeah. the area as well. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got a... I was telling Corbin we've got a trip planned for sometime in August. Hopefully, uh, we've got five cedars I think to install between Indiana, Illinois, and Missouri. Mm-hmm. So I'll be making plenty of videos on that trip. But um, we're excited to get that one done. Those trips are always fun. I know Devin and Sam are working hard back at the shop to get brackets made, and Austin's putting things together for us. And that'll be a fun one. You know, we just 
we go out we work our butts off for yeah two or three days um get farmers taken care mm-hmm. of get the cedars mounted on them and that's those are fun yeah uh, especially whenever you're able to go and see different parts of the country and see what everybody else is doing and see how everybody's progression is going and not only that you get to spend some there there's some good hours where you can talk about some things that you know might need to be discussed in the truck and you got time to actually talk about it because you know you're driving at 9:30 at night and you're not getting a phone call right. so yeah. that yeah. that 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 does some good for at least whenever you and I go out on the road anyway yeah. together so yeah we can talk about what Cody needs to fix yeah right <laughs> I'm always the one that gets beat up, so don't don't expect that to be any different. So. Um, you know, being the end of July, uh, Dad looked at me a couple of days ago. He said, you know, we're going to have a bunch of equipment at Farm Science Review. I said, every year? Yeah, we will. We're going to have a ton. Yeah. And uh, But it sneaks up on us. And, and he filled out the paperwork. The reason for the conversation was he filled out the paperwork for the uh, for the demo uh, stuff and uh, we're going to have a uh, a strip till bar that we're building in the shop right now that dad sold it's a 16 row Yetter Maverick with uh, ST10 following behind it to band fertilizer in the mm-hmm. fall so we're making strips and we're banding uh, two different products uh, into this strip and then the customer then is of course going to plant into that in the spring but uh, so we'll, we'll be demoing that in the field and then we'll be demoing the VRT, like I said, with Gunkelman. But from there, you know, we'll have, uh, I'm hoping we're, that we're gonna have a fast applicator available. You know, we're gonna have some BBIs. Yeah. We're gonna have some Valmars. Um, you know, uh, a lot of our, our top products. But what I was saying there is that, you know, we're only a month and a half away from moving product into farm science. Yes. And what's craziest about that is I know a lot of farmers who don't make it to farm science because they're harvesting. Yep. Now, granted, they planted later this year, so uh, harvest may help. be a little, a little later, bit. but surely there'll be guys chopping silage. Oh yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. It, it's crazy to think of that. But uh, you know, products like the Yetter Devastator. You know, being late July, I can't believe we haven't even talked about that product yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't even really done any videos or anything on it but it's not all i mean applicator season just ended here I, like yeah. three weeks ago so right. it's not i just had guys finish side dressing last night yeah yeah exactly. they were that late so it was that small right. you know, so guys yeah just there was a i think corbin someone said there was just someone still putting on anhydrous oh yeah yeah so yeah. there was some really late but yeah yeah but yeah things are coming fast yeah it's it's crazy the, uh, Corbin being in combine sales in the past a little bit, are you familiar at all with the Devastator? You know, I didn't see a lot of them, uh, but I did hear some of it, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to promoting that. I, I think I'd seen the videos you'd done on it, and that really breaks down that corn stock and yeah, makes a big difference. That's a big problem in the spring is all the residue, and you know, you don't get your nutrients out of it if it's not broken down. Right, right. If you bury it, you mm-hmm. don't get the nutrients, right. you know, as quick as yep. right at ground level. So, yeah. Yeah, I would say as far as our top returning on investment product, I mean, Devastators, at least one or two. Uh, yeah, probably would, two behind the Poly Twisters. Yeah, uh, Poly Twisters is one, Devastators number two. Yeah, Bex has it broken down. They pay for themselves and, I don't know, like... If it's 150 a, acres. Yeah, if it's a 12, if you put them on a 12 row planer, I think you can pay for them in 120 acres. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the Devastator, it's a little bit further behind, but it all depends on how you look at it. I mean, if you're saving a, a pass in the fall, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got to look at the tire damage. I got guys that run them strictly for tires. You know, you know how much a tire is today. Yeah. You know, a Devastator, if it can increase the longevity maybe maximize your trade-in value on that uh, combine years yeah. down the road it, they're worth their weight in gold oh yeah absolutely i had a gentleman in there that just stopped by the shop there yesterday and he goes well i was wanting to price out a devastator and i was like all right and i gave him a price and he goes well holy cow he's like that's cheaper than a set of combine tires right now <laughs> yeah. and i go yeah it's 
he goes we run the stock stompers right now but he's like i just don't get the breakdown that i like to see and half the time my corn stalks pop back up and i go man yeah, well right def stator will fix that yeah so. you know and it, and it helps with every pass you make that, whether yeah. you're no till yeah. or conventional or minimum till it's helping mm-hmm. yeah. all, all those processes yeah it's, i mean we have a local guy that had them on his old corn head and then took them off because they plugged up and now he's putting them back on and <laughs> getting extensions put on them so yeah. i mean it's like guys know they work yeah the the stalk rules like the calmer stalk rules or the 360 chain rule what can happen is that if they chew that stalk up really fine it'll lay in front of that devastator and sometimes it can't quite grip enough to roll over that and so they make an extension now to extend it i've also had guys put like a cleat on there well like an additional grip like a cleat to help it keep rolling mm-hmm. but um it, it's fairly rare that we see that and a lot of it has to do with the pitch of your head yeah okay. if a guy's having problems with it, a lot of times he's got that head laid too far back on the rear and if you were to pick it up but yet lower the head you know to still get your same height right uh, a lot of times it'll fix that but awfully trouble free i mean you know Kilbarger down there he's got an eight row that has seen like a ridiculous amount of acres i think on one set of bearings he ended up finally changing them but he had like eight thousand acres on this devastator on the original set of bearings which is crazy yeah but it, impressive yeah and, and that's the thing like guys will ask me well how long do these bearings last and i was like it all depends on how hard you run them dude. yeah i mean it, that's I've, i mean and those are like kind of those trick questions because if you like tell them something that well it only lasted it only lasted a thousand you told me it lasts three and i'm like well i i don't know how hard you run your stuff dude right. so i, I well, can't a lot of it has to do with the moisture you know i feel like we're gonna have a big bearing problem issue this year i mean not a problem but maybe some premature throwing of bearings because it was so wet last year guys yeah. are running in mud and mm-hmm. that mud gets in there and but it's and you know the more down pressure you're putting on them rollers you know you're making them bearing squeal a little bit mm-hmm. but uh yeah that's that's a product and again uh i don't know i wouldn't want to have to count the devastators in cold water right now uh, it'd take you a while yeah i'm pretty sure we're close to 40. yeah 40 or 50 probably yeah. there's they're just stacked everywhere mm-hmm. so we're we're good and, and they're showing up daily yeah um yeah but uh so we're we're good there as well so creeping up on farm science creeping up on yet or devastator season um you know the the amount of salford tools that we have ordered in here for the next few months is is pretty refreshing as well um the downside is is when someone like seth sells one then you're out of the game until january yeah yeah that's just but but the the uh <laughs> but you know like we just got a, a field cultivator in and you know not too many guys are, are looking field cultivator quite right now that's a that's a lot of times a december to you know april kind of deal but it'll be so we've never stocked a 40 foot field cultivator ever and and we went out and and we have confidence in our sales team and so therefore we order product and we're going to have a 40 footer sitting there locked and loaded ready yep. for a guy to hook up to um this spring at any time or sooner but, yeah and we'd never stocked a 41 foot i series before either. i was right. about i well, was about ready to say that a good yeah. thing we did had yeah. that thing not been coming in well customer been like ah, you know never never mind me yeah right. i'm yeah i'm convinced more and more that tools like that you aren't going to sell them if you don't you, you know what i mean them. i yeah. mean you know in the world that we're in today, surely everyone has gotten burned by the promise dates. Oh, it'll be here in April. Yeah. Of what year? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it turns into April of the following year, and that that is torturous to go through. We've uh, we well, we've we've seen that already this year oh, with yeah. the Enduroplast sprayers that we right. ordered back January thirty first, and well, we told we were told that we were going to see them in April. Right, which the Honda pumps, you know, and, yeah. and worldwide, the Honda pumps have just hurt everything right. from from three-inch banjo poly pumps or, you know, the Enduroplast yeah. sprayers. Honda pumps have hurt, and mm-hmm. that was what we were waiting on there. But 
what I'm getting at is this stuff that we're ordering. Um, you know, who who in the world can pull up to a dealership and find their next 40 foot tillage tool? I mean, usually those things are special order, and, and you have to have, uh, you know, a, a petition written to the company to get it in the next 12 <laughs> months, and and we can't do that. But yeah. then there it is, sitting on the lot in mm -hmm. Ohio, and and that's what we're going to work towards. Um, I think stocking the things that other people don't, and having the confidence in our sales team to be able to stock that equipment, be able to sell it, and uh, yeah, I, I think that's what's going to going to help long term. Yeah. yeah, we say it all the time. Yeah, you know, we started out going. Uh, I think we over ordered. Remember how many times we go? We got too much ordered. Then it turns into oh, we didn't order enough. That's right. what we said about spreaders last year. I right. mean, and we now, said the exact same thing. And now we're going to be starting out with great inventory on spreaders. Yeah. Right. You know, ahead of the game. Yep. Uh, and and we said the same thing on the tillage tool. I mean, I don't remember how many tillage tool pieces that we have currently on order, but I'm pretty sure it's north of what do you think? Probably ten or twelve. Ten. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, I know we have a 1231, a 1224. Some 22s and some, some field cultivators. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's we got a bunch yeah. of stuff on order right now. And like you said, we just got the field cultivator here this week. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we be rolling. Uh, touching on some of this equipment, the spreader inventory. What are you guys seeing as far? I've been getting several phone calls for single axle high clearance. And I, I noticed here this spring driving up uh, Route 250 or there was a lot of granular applied mm -hmm. for, for mm -hmm. side dress or top dress. Um, so I see the pockets and there's people talking more about going that way. I think, I think a lot of it is is that government restrictions are starting to become pretty hefty on the, on the gas side of things and guys are either having to make the switch to liquid or dry and so whichever one's relatively available in that area that's the way that they're going sure is what i'm seeing well i th i think if we missed any boat it would be the the high clearance spreader boat you know mm -hmm. that that's probably the only application market that we didn't cover pretty well right. this year um you know is it is it as big as our J&M applicator world? No, but uh, there's definitely, you know, probably three or four guys in Ohio that probably needed one. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's. Yeah, it, I mean, if we had two on hand, I don't think we wouldn't have been able to sell them. Yeah. So, you know, at that point we sold, in time. sold a couple. They right. used one, a new one. You mm -hmm. know, uh, the the used one, which was like new, uh, the farm that bought that, they, they love it. Yeah. You know, they're going out. I think you know spreading 80 foot covering acres yeah getting it done yeah you know so. in in crop that's pretty sweet yeah um yeah well the anhydrous world i think it is going to continue to drive a lot of what we do mm -hmm. you know not only the safety and the regulations mm -hmm. co-ops don't really want to mess with it now corn loves it i think corn loves anhydrous more than anything personally from what i see mm -hmm. and a lot of farmers enjoy using it but I see it all the time as we sell J&Ms, you know, uh, we're trading in anhydrous bars. Guys are, yeah. are they're just going away from it. Um, liquid's a little bit, you know, granted it's more product you have to handle, but it, it's more relaxing. The controllers on them are, are a lot cleaner. You kind of know a little bit better on actual volume applied. I think there's a lot of, you know, row by row controllers. Yeah. I, I think things are shifting from anhydrous they have been for a couple of years and i you're always going to have your guys that do it but i think the majority it's going to be dry and and liquid yeah yeah um i'm seeing recently some some fertilizer input prices dropping slowly i follow some guys on twitter that give updates of prices and it seems things right now are are dropping which you know you hear of a lot of guys locking in the summer before uh, due to the, the decrease in prices. So mm -hmm. I would say that's probably typical um, of, of the seasonal pricing that you get. But overall, it's still priced plenty yeah. high. But, yeah, I think that the high clearance spreader market is is something that, that we're definitely 
that we probably missed the boat on mm-hmm. a little bit last yeah. last year. So we'll have to order a couple. Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully Gonkman doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Does he ever listen to anything <laughs> he, we say? He don't. No. no. We don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but uh, no. Um, you know, Corbin, we've got the the uh, employee training, quote unquote, that we kind of call it, out there in Cold War coming up. Seth, you've been through one of them now, or two? Couple, yeah, two. Couple, Cody, you've been through one. One, yeah. right? What do you guys think of it? Uh, it's it's a good experience, honestly. Uh, just a good team bonding time, honestly, in my opinion. Um, don't get me wrong there's definitely stuff that we learn and we focus on on trying to get better and you know that's kind of the end goal at the end of the day is to get better every day um but sometimes with things that go on it's not always the easiest thing to do so with it being able to crunch it down into two days and you know get the jnm factory tour and stuff like that you know it's pretty neat to see and since last year they've actually put up two new buildings that we haven't even been in or seen yet so right uh but uh yeah no i think it's a uh it's i i I truly like it for the purpose of just team building because i think that's the you you got to trust the guys that are around you and uh i think that's the most important part and piece of a puzzle in order to run a dealership is having trust in every person that you have to deal with every day right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i was when was the last time i seen you when we did that that's why i told corbin told him said i've been lucky i ain't had to deal with seth in months <laughs> yeah uh, i think i just told your grandpa yesterday i'm like i, I haven't seen anybody yeah. in cold water yeah in, in months yeah well yeah. and that, that's kind of what sparked this i was you know i was i dad'll say it too that all he thinks about is, is the dealership and making things and i'm i kind of in, in the same way i mean on the weekends i'm doing stuff but i'm like what are we going to do next week what what can we do what are we going to do and where can we improve and this past weekend i was like i haven't been to nova i need to meet corbin we need to report record a podcast and mm-hmm. and i said we're we're going and i and i texted cody uh he was uh uh, on a hiatus in Vegas, and uh, I said, "When are you coming back? Been gone for three weeks now." <laughs> and uh, he comes back, and I said, "Well, we're going to Nova." So, uh, so we booked it. We did. Uh, it worked out great. I had a guy call me last night, ordered some closing wheels. We dropped them off on the way. Mm-hmm. Cody had a service call lined up. Yep. We got that tackled. Raven mm-hmm. 440 speed sensor. Yep. You know, yep. Um, and then we came up here. But yes. Um, you know back to what i was originally talking about though is you know getting to see people you know you can talk to guys all you want on the phone but when you're in front of them and and there the energy's there and, yep. and you talk and you can't you can't do this kind of stuff um back in cold water and nova when there's when there's the distance so the the employee deal's fun i think corbin you'll enjoy it you'll get to meet everyone mm-hmm. at the shop um everyone's excited to meet you and, and i think once you go through that I think it all kind of comes together you know you, you meet this person and this person and and what do they do and oh okay yeah there's the plasma table and okay so they can do this and it i think it all kind of comes full circle at that yeah. point Good. yeah just because you don't get to have this conversation right i mean if i want to we might call it hey what is the tag number i need this right and we usually find out the best time to talk is I'm on my way home. I'll call Adam at 5:30, right, or quarter after six, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, you can't yeah do it during the day. Yeah, you know, because either you get interrupted by a phone call coming in from the office, or you got guys calling you, or something along those lines, and somebody needs this, and then you know, I know you and I have talked, and you know, after hours for. 15 20 a half hour to you know at, at a time and well, it's just it's no different than tammy and i right we we might be here together all day on certain days mm-hmm. but her phone is just busy yeah so what we have to talk about we actually do it when we get home right, right. yeah it just happened then we figure out what are we doing tomorrow right next week How, yeah it's just the way it is then she puts you to work I usually just go to my dad's. Yeah, yeah. Hang out there. <laughs> she can hear us. <laughs> yeah. No, it'll be fun. Um, 
yeah you know i i think we covered a lot in this podcast and i wanted to mainly get corbin on board in a podcast get his feet wet this would be one of many yeah and good. uh we we try and we did for a long time do one every week we and, got and i would we got really busy it's Cody's fault and and oh, i would yeah, it's my I would, fault See, i would release I you, it i get the point in in the email blast every friday and we would have a new podcast release and uh my goal is, you know, we'll see in, in the podcast world, you won't know this for a, a while, but my goal is next week, we're going to try and meet up with Susie Kinzenball, yeah. the owner of Kinsey Manufacturing mm-hmm. in Iowa when we go there. I've sent four emails now back and forth to her marketing director telling her what we want to do. It's not set in stone by any means, but we're going to try like heck to sit yeah. down with the owner of Kinsey and do a Fenny Glenn podcast with her. That'd be kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. So Dad and me and uh, Cody and uh, Kyle are flying out uh, to Iowa City next week to uh, to the Dealer Mind Summit. It's a really cool deal that they do. Um, this, this year the the topic is service, and there's always some, some things to take back to the dealership, and, and it's a pretty cool deal. So we're going to fly out Monday, mm-hmm. come back Wednesday night, just a quick deal. But... Yep. In the meantime, I know we're going to be close to the Kinsey factory, and we're going to try and meet up with Susie. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I know all of our phones have rang a few times since we've been sitting down, so it's probably time to get back at it. Yeah. And uh, until next time, we appreciate everyone tuning in. Thanks, Corbin, for taking the time, and you Seth bet. and Cody as well. So yep. um, appreciate everyone tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thank you.